Hello guys, Jack here from Jack Makes Happy Hour Podcast, and yes, the rumours are true, we're heading back out on tour in May 2024. 68% of the tickets are already sold out, but there are still a few left at Edinburgh, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Cardiff, Sheffield, Nottingham, Bristol, Bury, and our home city of Norwich. So, don't waste any time, grab your tickets today, and come and watch me, Alfie, and Robbie live. And me. Mainly me, Alfie and Robbie there, isn't it? Yeah. uk. See you in May. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's so many element, elements of this, it just doesn't seem worth it. But as a kid, I guess you're not thinking about yeah, profit and loss. Yeah, I wasn't, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't pitching it to Dragon's Den. <laughs> what, was the, what was the process like to become a referee? It was a pig farm. There was all these pigs underneath me all day, sweltering hot in the middle of the Norfolk countryside, and I had to just hammer this roof in. He just went, OK, sir, we had coleslaw piled up to the ceiling and I saw you coming and I ate the fucking lot Jack mates happy half hour how are you doing my name is Robbie and I am on your podcast Literally the only acts I can do, and that's only because Gavin moved out there, and oh, we've got him in already for this to start the podcast. <laughs> that's the intro now. Uh, hello and welcome back to Jack Makes Happy Half Hour, the spin-off to the main show in which I sit down with my good friend and YouTube megastar, Robbie Knox, just to learn about life. Our aim is to get through a hundred life lessons over time. Last week, we spoke about birthdays, and now I'm 27. I thought it'd be good to go back and chat about jobs, all the jobs that I've had throughout the years. Robbie, when you as a wee nipper, can you say that in your accent? Which one? The Northern Irish one? Yeah. When I was a wee nipper. <laughs> that was all right. I, I lost it at the end of nipper there. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Right. When you was a wee nipper, what was your what were your dreams and aspirations? I think I wanted to be an astronaut, mm. I think. There wasn't really, there wasn't internet or anything when I was a kid or something. So we wrote, we got, had to write letters mm. to people um, and you could write a letter to anyone. And so I wrote, I thought Neil Armstrong, first man on the moon, probably gets quite a lot of letters. Right. Buzz Aldrin, second man on the moon. <laughs> you didn't go third man on the moon. No, no, I thought, I thought, well, he's probably a bit left out because everyone goes about Neil Armstrong. So oh, I'll you write went him second. I thought you were going to keep going down the no, list. No, no, because I don't know any. I was, I was like eight. I didn't know anyone else. So, <laughs> who, who is the third? Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> what did you, all right? What did you write him? The second I, one. I, I, I can't remember. The I wrote him saying, "I think, I think you're great. I really like space and all that sort of stuff." But, um, I didn't, but I didn't get a letter back from him, obviously. But I got a letter back from NASA. When you're eight, you know, you got a letter from America on like with a 
like NASA written in the corner of the envelope. It's basically the greatest day ever. I wanted, in a similar vein to that, I wanted to be a pilot. That's good, yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's similar to an astronaut, except the astronaut just flies a bit further oh, yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the same job, basically. Yeah. I um, When I was in year seven, I had to do an, uh, a presentation about why I wanted to be it. I can't remember what I said, so it's, no. a, it's an irrelevant story. What's the... What's no, the irrelevant. <laughs> for for, for the audio yeah. listeners, Robbie's just held his, his uh, arm out to his nose to resemble an elephant. I was. This is a pretty self-explanatory question but <laughs> how close is your job now to what you aspire to be identical in every way <laughs> what, what what do you do how would you sum up what you do because it's a question i struggle with sometimes i don't know I, I, a lot a variety of stuff my, my day job is i run a production company right i know i know um so i make videos for brands yeah uh, and uh, stuff like that, and some of those it's me with a camera doing. I'm filming things. Sometimes it's it's quite a variety of things. It can be like so. At the minute I've got like some, we're doing some graphics or something. So that's just someone freelance that I've employed to do some graphics, basically. But that was never an aspiration of yours when Not you were really. I didn't. I didn't really know what I went, wanted to do when I was like 15, 16. I went to do work experiences, do at school, yeah, various things, and all that was was going. Well, I definitely don't want to be an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely no chance of becoming a lawyer. Cheers for that work experience. <laughs> Um, yeah, I worked at a corner shop. Worst, work experience, yeah, shit in it. Got work experience at a corner shop. Yeah, it was called H and J News, and it was just around the back of my house. It was literally like a thirty second walk. How like. did you? How did you get there? Did the school guys? Did you just go around and say, "Can I do work experience?" I can't remember. To be fair, I just remember. I'm not the most organised person, as we know, and um, I think I was just the last one to sign up on the okay. board, so I got the shit one. Um, so I had to. It was H and J News for Hillary and John. A okay. lovely old couple. I say lovely. It's a stretch. Um, <laughs> An old couple. <laughs> yeah. And I um, had to go just work behind the counter and stuff. But they had, I remember in there, they had a, um, they had a lottery ticket framed mm-hmm. on the wall. Right. Can you guess what that was? Because I've told somebody this story before. And, they, and I think I told Tom Norris on, on the Food Bar show we used to do. And he was like, everyone had that. Or everyone, uh, he's seen few people have that. So can you guess what that lottery ticket was? it the first lottery? A lottery ticket for the first ever lottery or something? No. No, it was a lottery ticket. So John, the husband, um, quite a senile old bloke, he he was supposed to put the numbers on every week. And one week he forgot and supposedly the numbers came in. Right. And that was the ticket that would have won. People always tell those sort of stories. They don't tell about the money they saved, do they? I didn't put a lottery. I, I didn't put the money on, and I saved two quid. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but they wouldn't have saved, would they? Because they would have won. Yeah, in that case. But but what I'm saying is, there's loads of times people won't put the things on. Yeah. And it doesn't come up, and it's actually better for them. Yeah, you only hear about it like there's like this is a bit weird, but I guess it's kind of similar. You know, um, the creator of Family Guy, Seth MacFarlane. Yep. He supposedly, and people can be Googling this as they listen if they wish, but he supposedly has his flight ticket for the 9-11 airplane right. crash because he was supposed to be traveling to New York that day. We didn't get on. Wow. We're talking about jobs. Yeah. Well, he's got a job. He makes family guy. <laughs> yeah. So we, if he got on, we're he well within have. our rights to discuss him. <laughs> Do you remember the first money you ever made? So not necessarily jobs, Robbie. Okay. But money. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I used to make a um, news a magazine newspaper for my friends mm. called the Pompey Press. Pompey was an alien cartoon character that I created. I I thought it was like a 
Pompey FC Portsmouth no, football fact, fan he was magazine. That before I found out that Portsmouth was um was was Pompey and it's spelt differently. It's like I can't remember which is which. It's either got an E before the Y or hasn't, whichever one Pompey right. Portsmouth isn't. So talk us through it. What was it? Uh, so it would be, um, I'm going to mention Gavin already. <laughs> Gavin, it was a few of my friends uh, who, who I'd make it for. And it would have cartoons um, in there. And I found I found a copy years later of all the stuff we'd done in it. And it'd be like local news from things that happened when you're eight. Right. <laughs> it was a great bit. I remember finding this page and phoning up Gavin and reading it to him. We laughed for, I reckon, about 20 minutes. And neither of us could speak. Because <laughs> it was this, this this thing, without having any more information, tells a wonderful, wonderful story. It was a column about, it was a page called Pets, and it had a section called New Pets. And it had, um, uh, what was it? Get, what, what's the, the things that like turtles? Terrapins. It's a new pets, Gavin's terrapins, and dead pets, Gavin's terrapins. Or in the same week. Yeah. So in the space of one issue of the Pompey Press, Gavin had clearly got some terrapins and made multiple terrapins and died. So something horrific had happened. I'm struggling to grasp this. What are you making? You're making this. Yeah. Yeah. What are you making that on? Uh, So paper. (laughs) <laughs> and then it would get photocopied. Um, so you're drawing it. So I'm drawing it. Yeah, I think at this stage it would have been drawn. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been drawn and um, or, or written if it, for pages that were articles <laughs> about dead pets. Uh, and you're selling these. I'm selling. I think I'm selling them for like ten pence to my friends. But I think their mum probably just gave them the money to give them to me. I don't think they, <laughs> they had to then get a job. I'm themselves. absolutely fascinated about the amount of admin you must have put in for them. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't. Making bank, <laughs> running the production line. I think it was, I think it was a bit, bit, bit of fun. Yeah. How many pages were they? I'm so fascinated. I think, by those. I think they would have varied massively. I don't know how many episodes <laughs> they were or not. I, I remember doing it. I remember doing the comics. I remember doing the the, the things. I do things like I draw a maze in it or something like that. So people could do a maze. There's so many elements elements to this. It just doesn't seem worth it. But as a kid, I guess you're not thinking about yeah, profit not, and loss. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't pitching it to Dragon's Den. <laughs> Like I was just doing. I wanted to make a magazine because I quite enjoyed doing it. I think. I think it would be quite funny if you if you made like an updated version for now. Happy press, yeah. Flog it, yeah. <laughs> merch. Oh god, my first, the first uh, money I ever made was um, I went to work with my granddad. Mm-hmm. He's a very hardworking man. Um, worked his whole life, still working now. Um, and he took me to a pig farm. We had to. <laughs> He's like a very old-fashioned bloke where he doesn't do anything by the books. So I don't mean like illegal. I just mean, <laughs> I just mean like so he the scaffolding. Yeah, that won't be safe. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. won't it won't be fixed. And he he weighs about eighteen stone. He's six foot, and he's like walking across this scaffolding, like across this yeah. like shed, and it's just wobbling back and fro. And I and I remember. I went there and it was a it was a pig farm. There was all these pigs underneath me all day, sweltering hot in the middle of the Norfolk countryside, and I had to just hammer this roof in. And it's quite sad, really, because that's all he's ever known. He really thought I was enjoying it, so he was like, "Oh, you're getting your hands dirty, getting stuck in. Like you have a career for life in this." And I was just covered in flies, yeah. <laughs> smelling pig shit all day, yeah. thinking. I really need YouTube to pick off, pick up soon because that is not good. And then there was another time when my uncle was like, "Oh, I've got a bit of work for you." So he took me, and my, this was not safe. 
but he took me and my cousin Reese into, which is his son, into this field, and we had these massive bits of wood, and I'm talking bigger than the studio, long-wise, and, we, and he asked us just to stack them up for him, like in a Jenga. Yeah. And he come. He came back. He left us there all day. All, I'm pretty sure we were too young to be left yeah. alone. And we, I remember just really struggling with this bit of wood. And we made this pulley system to get them up. We made this huge, huge Jenga. And he come back and we were just sat on it. It was just swaying <laughs> back and forth. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I had a very, um, very, very strange upbringing. In terms of money made... Because I think they would just give me a bit of pocket money. I did a similar thing to the Pompey Press. Did you? Yeah. We're going to do an episode in a few weeks about childhood, and I want to talk more about it in there, but do you remember T.Y. Beanie Babies? Yeah. I used to collect them. A lot of people did at the time. Yep. Uh, I was big on them, but... You really I... had to get out at the right time of that, don't you? I think if you're still hanging on to your Beanie Babies now, <laughs> you've probably missed your window. <laughs> Yeah, I, I collected them until I was a bit too old. Right. Um, and then I made magazines about which ones were the rare ones. Okay. And I went around the local city and posted them in people's... people's. Um... Oh, right. You delivered <laughs> magazines to people who didn't want them. Yeah. yeah. I made a website for them and I got people to try... It was like promo for the website. Wow. I can't remember how that generated any income. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's made any, <laughs> but, if anything. Yeah, it's like a massive financial yeah. loss. Yeah, maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't. You made, yeah. Job interviews. Um, one, can I just say one thing uh, I just remembered when you talked about um, the pig farm yeah yeah, is yeah. That, um, when we were kids uh, Gavin's fat mum was from uh, he's from Northern Ireland mm. he lives out there now and um, he went out there and his granddad thought basically thought Gavin even though Gavin was quite hard as sort of a kid like that by his standards he thought Gavin because he was, had an English accent and <laughs> wasn't I wasn't like k- killing pigs every day he thought Gavin was sort of pathetic so he took Gavin one day I think without telling his mum took him to an abattoir to watch animals getting slaughtered Gavin was going yeah that's basically like the worst thing that's ever happened <laughs> like, is it really like what, or something. what is that going to teach you well I think it just make him a bit less soft was the theory <laughs> but Gavin was going that was absolutely like, literally the worst, the worst day of my life that's a bit when we was working on this pig farm my granddad used to get like they were quite cute little pigs running around really yeah. and my Granddad used to point and go, see that one? That's next week's bacon sandwiches. And I was just like, this is horrific. Like, yeah, but there's, a, there's sort of an honesty about that, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Trying but to it, you to understand it. I mean, don't actually take kids to watch it being slaughtered, but <laughs> make them understand where food comes from. Yeah, it's not similar at all, really, is no, it? A little bit. <laughs> yeah, job interviews. I've only had a few in my life. Can I, uh, can I do one more? I'm sorry to interrupt again. <laughs> yeah, okay. I thought yeah, of something else. My first actual sort of proper paid thing mm. that wasn't that, mm. I... um. I thought I don't. I want, when you know, like, I was like fourteen. I thought oh, I want a job. I want to get some money. Paper round. It's all right. But I thought my friend, my friends had paper round. I thought, what can I do? I thought I really like football. Yeah, I know. I could become a referee. Wow! And I qualified. And what became a referee? I, I was a qualified referee, and then could referee. You can referee people younger than you. So you could have referee that like, under twelve football match or like that. Of course, what I didn't think. Being a referee is really shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I didn't do it for very long. But That's you get incredible. Paid, you get, but I was thinking, like, if you, could, you got paid, uh, I mean, this is quite a while, but you get paid something like six quid or something like that for a game. Yeah. And you a get, kid's game was probably like an hour. Right. That's probably like, that was all right, money back then. That's mental. Yeah. Well, it's 30 quid a game now. Right, because I still play Sunday League and we have yeah. to pay the refs. But you said that it's it's shit, which it is shit. Yeah. But you're you're refing kids. How shit does that get? Well, Surely... so the kids are fine. It's the parents, isn't it? Oh you get no! Parents moaning at like a fourteen-year-old boy. Oh, that wasn't a penalty. Right? 
okay, I'm 14, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't really know what to do. I just wanted to get some money, and I like football. How? What was the, what was the process like to become a referee? We went. Um, Gavin became a referee as well. Actually, we, did a lot of things, but yeah. we, had, we went to a bloke called Ron Kite. who was the local um, uh, referee trainer bloke. Ron and, Kite. Yeah, Ron Kite, and he would teach you. You go like once a week, and he would teach you about the rules mm. of football. Uh, and then I, I presume you had to do some kind of. I think I might, I think I went to the Kent FA and did some kind of test or exam or something. This is mental. How did I never know this? Yeah. The best thing about it was I had linesman's flags that I then kept later in life would like have around the house. That's brilliant. To <laughs> things offside when you're watching the TV <laughs> just hold up your flag and things. I don't know what's happened to them. I think I gave them to Neil Smythe. I really want Ron Kite to open up a referee school in America. Yeah. Call his company Ron Kite US and you could call it Ron Kiteus. That's good. I mean, Ron that... Kite was quite old. I don't know how he is now. <laughs> if anyone knows Ron Kite on the other Sheffield. Let us know. Let us I, know. I, I suspect he might he no might longer be... be with us. Yeah. Bless him. Bless might him. Be, might be in the, in the great got... centre circle in the sky. Got a red card from life, some yeah. would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Second yellow. <laughs> Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Right, job interviews. I'm, Sorry. Di- I'm dying to yeah, know. Yeah, all right, all right. Do you have any horror stories? How many job interviews you had? Not very many. Right, same. Just contract- so I've, I had, um, first of all, I did I had Tesco's, that was one, I worked there. Yeah. Then I went to uni, then I went to um, Canada, and I had one, two, maybe four job interviews while I was there. Then I've had, I've had about seven job interviews in my life. I'd say that's a lot. Would you? I've had. Yeah, two. but the last one was like in two thousand. Right. So I haven't had a single job interview in the last twenty years. So they could have changed massively since then. I yeah. imagine they haven't. Probably not. No. Format's pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you got any horror stories? Um. Or, uh, what's your success rate? Because Fiona's dad yeah. has got got gotten got a hundred percent of every job interview he's ever gone for. <clears throat> well. I haven't. I don't. Have I? Maybe I have. Oh, go on, Robbie. I think maybe I have. You definitely have. I can't think. Yeah, I've certainly just listed all the ones that of jobs I have got. Maybe I have got a hundred percent record. Yeah, I think I probably have. What What kind of jobs were you going for? So, uh, first one was checkouts at Tesco's, right? uh, And that. um, that one I didn't get at first. There's a bit of a history, there's a bit of a thing here. I didn't get it at first. Yeah. They, they opened up a new Tesco's on the Isle of Sheppey. And weirdly, Gavin got a job, which I was quite annoyed by because I'm I was much harder working than Gavin in every yeah. possible way. Uh, and he got a job. But then near our opening, they went, actually, yeah, you can have a job if you want. Oh, really? I think they clearly had, they have to have some stuff. And they went, they, they got some staff and they thought, right, we need some more staff. And then they got. So I got in eventually. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. 90th minute winner. Uh, yeah. Then, um, then I, I, one was a job. When I went to Vancouver, I got a job in a coffee shop, first of all. And then I went, I got a job in um, in a ski resort, in a restaurant up there. And that was, it was quite a sort of, at the time, sort of quite a sort of progressive sort of company. And it was a bit, the whole thing there was, it wasn't as much, are you able to clear plates of a table? It was more, are you quite bubbly and outgoing? Will you talk to people? Yeah. Like that. So they said, they had to do things like, have you got do a skill or something, go watch a party trick or something like that. They just go around, you're in a group and the main bit was do something. It didn't really matter what you did or how well you did it. Yeah. As long as you 
got involved and did it. But this is during the interview. This is during it. There are two bits of the interview. There's one interview, first of all, to see if you work for the mountain in general. And then there were specific roles around the mountain. What skill so would recruit at the start of it? I did. Um, I did an impression of a meerkat. Well, which was obviously. basically just going, just going like, like that and looking around. Sort of thing. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't great. But I think more they wanted you to, to show that you didn't weren't fussed about standing up in front of yeah. people and doing and making a fool of yourself or something like that. Well, is that the best job you've ever had? Because uh, you you speak quite fondly of of that ski resort. It was, it was, it was. I mean, it was clearing tables. It was a fun job. It wasn't yeah. the best job of. Oh, so, okay. Because when you, because I've never been skiing. Yeah. But when when you when you talk about like working on a ski resort, yeah. I imagine it to be like all the like you just ski out resort. there in the snow all the day. No, but it was a it was a ski resort at the top of the mountain, so it was it was quite nice. I mean, you'd be inside most of the day, but at the end of the day, you got to ski home, which is quite a good. Oh, because I, I I worked on the same mountain. I lived. There's basically the village at the bottom. I lived about 100 meters vertical up the mountain in this staff accommodation thing that was like student hall or something. Yeah, and then. I worked towards the top of the mountain. So you got like a good 15 minute ski down. Every That's day. brilliant. Yeah, it's, what, it's, it's good. Were the, were the halls like little cabins? No, it was like, it was like big bl- blocks with like flats and like student sort of flat things. And I shared with two other blokes. Oh, so, fair. Um, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, so, the, so that, that was that. Was, that sort of thing. So it was quite, it was a good job. And it was good fun, good people. And everyone was there, almost everyone was there for a year mm. so there was no everyone everyone's just there to have fun yeah but people were generally hard working because it was quite hard to get somewhere to live in the ski resort and if you and you got free ski pass as well so if you didn't dick up your job you were kind of sorted that's amazing yeah oh this will oh. actually be going out when you're away away yeah 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 so i'll be i'll be i'll be away skiing in colorado when this uh, is out i'm not sure if i if i um if we've gone ahead of ourselves here did i because I asked you what the first money you ever made was, and you and you said about the Pompey Press. Yeah. Did I ask you about your first ever official job? No, that's why I started telling you about um, refereeing. Because you sort of oh right, out. is that but, what you class as your first well, job? I think my first proper job was working at Tesco's. I was working on checkouts. Right. There. Yeah. Yeah. My, my I what was your first one. You went I, to Bella Pasta or Bella Italia. Or yeah, Bella Italia. Yeah. yeah. But as as I've said before, it was it was I was still doing my YouTube channel. So people would come in and like they'd recognise me, and it would just make the whole thing very, very weird. I used to obviously work with the public quite a lot. Um, there was oh, I've got some I've got some horror stories here. Which ones do I want to say? Uh, a lot of people used to send their food, but no, I say a lot. Probably about four in the year that I worked there. Yeah. But um, somebody somebody sent their food back once because it was too hot. <laughs> Did you just wait out when you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Literally blow on it. Literally do the things that you teach your toddlers to do. There was one. What as do well... they get told when they do that? We just like when people. I'll get you another one. You just there you go. You just... <laughs> we literally yeah. just leave it in the kitchen yeah. for five minutes and bring it back out when it's cooled down. But um, there was one woman, and and she's a proper like the Sharons of the world. So like I'm talking like middle aged. Pro- I don't mean to generalize it, but middle aged, probably a short bob haircut and goes to bingo and like loves complaining we know the type (laughs) you're so pc i love it i love with you you. um and uh i i I brought over a burger to um to her sharon to sharon and there was you know how you have the sticks through the burger to keep everything together i've leant over the table to give her a to give her a burger and i shit you not nothing went wrong apart from the bun just fallen off the burger all the all everything else all yeah. stacked just the just the bun has fallen off uh the sticks a bit sideways now 
she's had a go at me for it. Right. She's had she's she's kicked off as if I've just asked if I can sleep with her child. <laughs> yeah. And then I think from that moment on, it was kind of like I can't be I can't yeah. be working with people like this anymore. There was um, so were you getting were you getting recognised much then? You were doing your YouTube thing while you were working there. Yeah, I remember like my first few weeks there. I used to work behind the bar rather than actually wait tables, um, which was a lot of shit because you didn't get tips and you did a hell of a lot of work. But as I was w- working behind the bar. I used to constantly like be on my phone under the under the bar, and I would refresh. And at one, every once in a while, every w- couple of weeks, I would see pictures of me behind the bar where someone's come in and they've recognised me. They've taken pictures, so it was a bit, yeah, it was a bit weird. awkward. I ended up leaving that job in quite spectacular fashion. What happened? I um, we got a new manager, and he didn't like me from the off. Oh. Um, and I'm not, I'm not someone that's like my head's not too big basically i don't let it run away of me but i'm pretty sure there was because he had no reason not to like me right so when he comes in he came in he was like you're back on the bar and i was like i'm not gonna get get any tips now he employed a new waiter and i was like i'm I'm literally just doing this job fine like i don't i don't understand then i heard on the grapevine because there's a lot of rumors floating around in small workplaces you get like these kind of community clicks i heard that um well he he had a he had a lovely wife that worked there as well and she really liked my videos so she she used to come in and say oh what's your new one it's really funny i don't think he necessarily liked that right he might have just thought i was a prick in which case fair enough but he didn't know me well enough like it was day one he's put me on the bar he's sexually threatened isn't it? <laughs> yeah and this was back before i had mature operation so yeah. what is he getting threatened by yeah. <laughs> low self-esteem there if you're worried about that i might be a threat yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. and um so he put me back on the bar and um there became a, there I, I can't remember exactly the t's and c's but it's something really shitty happened where i think after a while the waiters had to start sharing their tips with the bar staff to make it more fair which was great for me Mm -hmm. as i'm on the other side now and uh the the waiter the one of the waiters he refused to share any of his tips with me i've gone to to my manager i've told him and he's shrugged well and i was like this is so you hate me and i so one day he was a big football fan I this was the quarterfinal or the semi-final of the World Cup. You know when Germany famously beat Brazil 7-1? Yeah. I was like, I really want to watch that game. He put me in to, to work that, that shift. And I was like, <sighs> like I just really want to watch this game. Yeah. He was working as well. And I knew he was a big football fan. So I just went to my dad's to watch the game. I called my dad up because in, in a time of crisis, I'll always call my dad up and say, what do I do? And I'll take his advice. He was like... Been it off, mate. Like your YouTube channel might be might be all right. So I just went and then uh, went to my dad's. I was watching the game. It's like four 0 in like twenty minutes. It was like mental, the most mental game ever. And I got a I got a voicemail from um, the manager saying, "If you don't turn up in the next hour, then you you're gone." Basically. So I called him up and I went, "Oh, uh, I was going to say his name." Then I was like, "Mate, mate, mate. Uh, I just want to let you know. Uh, are you watching the football?" And then he was like what? And I was like, it's incredible. Like, <laughs> closest just scored the fourth goal in the 20th minute. You've got to be watching it. This is going to go down in history. This is going to be one of them games where, where, people, this. Yeah, where people... Where were were you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I was fired after yeah, that. Yeah. They, they said, uh, I got the email saying I'd gone AWOL 
I didn't know what AWOL meant, but I just remember feeling really cool about it. Yeah. It's such a cool phrase. Yeah, they should make it sound worse, <laughs> yeah. didn't they? Otherwise, that's just going to encourage people. Well, I thought AWOL, that sounds like if someone goes, oh, he's gone AWOL. Yeah. I thought that's like if someone's just gone mental, <laughs> like the Tasmanian <laughs> devil. But <laughs> <laughs> look at him, he's gone a- absolutely AWOL. <laughs> he's gone AWOL, get the tranquilizer gun. <laughs> That's what I thought I meant. Yeah. Amazing. I once, um, the worst job I had was a, um, I, I did telesales for a bit when I was in Vancouver. I did it for a bit and I, I hated it because it's just phoning up people. And most of the time they put the phone down. I was trying try to sell newspaper subscriptions. What's the got, Pompey Press? <laughs> yeah, to, uh, to local Vancouver papers. And, and you have a script that you have to follow to, to, to try and sell this thing. And it does. The only thing is it does kind of work if you do what they say. Yeah. You do just sell papers to people who don't really want papers. And to be fair, though, it wasn't like it was a terrible thing. They were getting a good deal. They were getting a really much cheaper deal than they would if they bought the paper. So what? Thing. So is it like a... Right, okay. So, so rather than buying the paper, um, you would get it sent... You get it the very day and you'd, and you'd pay a lot less. So it was quite a good deal. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember selling a paper to someone who didn't speak English. And us by telling her that it would help her learn English. And afterwards, I was thinking, <laughs> I don't really like this. Like and I, because I had a British accent, I was in Vancouver. I think I got more people would listen to me more because of that. I think, <laughs> I think that's definitely my favourite. But you can tell the people who were ruthless, who were good at it, mm. and who didn't mind, could just make a lot of because you got a certain level of base pay, and then you got commission on top of that if you sold. Right. Wow. Um, but I then one couldn't day, do it. No, I didn't mm. like it. But then one day, I, I was about to go travelling, I was about to go down to Mexico. And I had like a week left. I just got up in the morning. I go work a guard. Got to sit there and phone up people and all this. I thought I don't really want to. And I just phoned them up the office and said, "I don't want to come to work anymore." <laughs> and they went, "All right, no problem. We'll send you a check out." And I think that happened. Must have so much. Yeah. There was no surprise on their voice. And it was it was a thing that was always an advert in the paper. For it. So they must have such a high turnover. Yeah. It's just it's just one of them jobs that seems just so soul destroying. Yeah. You know, my mate was telling me that he works for a big online company and he um he he listens to the show actually so he might be listening i won't say your name mate uh uh but he he works on the live chat so people pop up and they say how do i do this so let's say for example it's a bank they'll be like how do i do this and he he reckons that the level of intelligence on people is like men like ridiculously yeah. low so they'll, they'll be like on a page with a big login button and they'll they'll say how do I log in? And he just wants to say, like, apparently he's typed out drafts before. Like, just click the fucking big login button. <laughs> he can see what page you're on, but he has to delete it. Just look here, sir. Yeah. Smiley face. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. I am not built to be in the customer service industry. No. I get so irritated by stuff like that. Like, it, it's just something little that's just sprung to mind then is when my taxi driver decides to go a longer way home. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. But that's why, Robbie, I'm not destined for a normal job. No. And that's why I'm a little troll that li- <laughs> lives in my shed and calls out Alfie Days all the time. <laughs> that's I, all I know. I um I remember on, on the subject of uh, customer service, when I Gavin and I worked at Tesco's, we just finished we finished our shift about roughly the same time one day and we we're about to go and we were chatting to this Gavin worked in that like, produce department, like fruit and veg and stuff, and I worked on checkouts and we were chatting to one, this guy that we knew um, uh, called Tim. I'm going to call him Tim because that's his name. <laughs> um, and he, um, and he was a really sort of, he was quite a quiet, quiet guy. He, um, he didn't, he never really heard him swear or anything like that. He was not very nice, really mm. nice, friendly guy, but never really got angry, really chilled out, just a sort of calm guy. 
and we were sort of just we'd got changed. We we're out of our uniforms, and we were, we were just about to leave. We were sort of chatting to him. What job is this again? Sorry, Tesco's. Oh right, um, in the supermarket, mm. and um, it was the Isle of Sheppey where I grew up. Was you'd get a lot of people who come down on holiday from London, sort of East End of London, sort of thing. Yeah, and it would be a lot of people like the craziest to go on a holiday there. It's that sort of place. It wow, was a, it was a lot of like people who weren't couldn't quite manage Benidorm they yeah. to Sheffield, something <laughs> yeah. like that and it was I don't know why you'd want to go and quite like Sheffield, but some people really liked it sort of and I imagine it was from, from a different time it was it was sort of different different sort of vibe but you get quite a lot of East End <laughs> blokes come down yeah, and yeah, go yeah. into Tesco's with like no shirt on and stuff oh like god that. and there was this guy came up and um and he went up to um Tim and went um well, excuse me um can you tell us where the where the fresh coleslaw is please and um, to me, I'm really sorry, sir. We've we've um, we've sold out of it. He said, "That's that's no good, is it? It's a bank holiday weekend. Like, why why wouldn't you have why wouldn't you have enough coleslaw? Because oh, we did have, we had coleslaw, but it's all been sold, unfortunately. So we'll um, we'll, we'll we haven't got any. He's and this guy was getting like we were giving about about to leave. We thought we're gonna let's stay and watch this for a bit. He, he <laughs> yeah. like proper. It's like, like EastEnders. You know, you, well, you know Cockney Wanker from Viz. He yeah. looked like he had the glasses on, yeah. a medallion, like a vest on. Class. It was it was it was amazing. It was like a caricature. <laughs> and he and he was and he's he was started to go. Ready, he was getting really angry. He goes, he goes, he goes. Wait, can you go and look out the back and see if you've got any out the back for me? He goes, I'll have a look, but I've I've already been out there and there isn't any. He goes, just go and have a look for me. Gavin and I were like, we were just going to stay at because we weren't in uniform, so we didn't know that we weren't there, so we were just pottering around. I just he's such a lovely bloke. And he came out, he went out the back, um, came back uh, came back in and said, I'm, said, I'm, I'm really sorry, sir, I've just, I've just about that. There, there isn't any there. I've spoken to the warehouse manager. He said, we're, we're expecting a delivery of it about 4 a.m. 4 tomorrow morning. So when the store opens up at 7, there'll be, there'll be some there and I'll, I can keep some aside for you. Yeah. And I went, well, that's not much use for my barbecue this afternoon, is it? <laughs> He goes, well, I'm really, really sorry. And he goes, he goes but why haven't you ordered enough coleslaw? And this guy was like a mentor. Like, he going like this. And he kept, kept saying, well, why, why wouldn't you order enough coleslaw? You know it's a bank holiday weekend. You know you're going to need coleslaw. Why haven't you got enough coleslaw? And like this, okay, well, this guy's really into coleslaw. Yeah. And Tim, this bloke, who I said, never heard him get angry about anything. He just went, okay, sir, I'll tell you why, what happened. He goes, we had coleslaw piled up to the ceiling <laughs> and I saw you coming and I ate the fucking lot and then Gavin like oh my god like it was like unbelievable like probably like jaws on the floor yeah. like, oh. and this bloke went like purple so like vibrating it was, it was like he never he was like oh I see your manager and this guy got like a written warning or something that's fucking brilliant it was absolutely amazing Gavin's brother was manager of uh, or, or the manager of a Sainsbury's or Manager of a part of a Sainsbury's or something like that, yeah. and he had to he had to either sack someone or give a written warning to someone because some woman came up, um, went up to him and said uh, to, to, to this guy that worked for him in the sort of produce section, said, "Excuse me, tell me whether you've got any half cucumbers." Um, and the guy said, to her, "I'm sorry, madam, we haven't got any half cucumbers. Why don't you buy a whole one? You can eat the other half." <laughs> I'd have refused to sack him. Yeah. I'd be like, no, no, I'm going yeah. It was. I I went. Uh, I, I may have told you before, but like this is a good enough story to have said before. But there was a. There's, this is really not keep, right. Keep crypt, guys. <laughs> It's really shit. But there was uh, I, there was like this builder in McDonald's in, in Asda where, from where I live. And um, he was in front of me. And he just said to this girl behind the counter, he went, yeah, chicken mayo, uh, BLC, whatever, uh, large fries, milkshake, and 12 chicken nuggets. And she went, 
uh, we don't do 12. And he went, right. She went, we do six or 20. And he went, well, two six then. <laughs> two, <laughs> two boxes of six. It's just like that girl just does not want her job, does she? We don't do 12. We do boxes of six. <laughs> two of them then. What is the, the moral of the story, Robbie? The moral of the story. When it comes to jobs. We've got th- this has gone very quickly, isn't it? Yeah, it I has. feel like I've only got into my first job. I know. And we're, and we're done. I've had maybe we can do a jobs, jobs part two. Yeah, maybe. Mm, yeah, mm. other jobs. Mm. Um, the moral of the story is um, that, uh, I don't know. Uh, Always uh, buy. Order your coastal in advance. <laughs> or buy a cabbage and some mayo <laughs> yeah. and make your own. It takes about five minutes. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Why is he not making his own? <laughs> Fucking hell. Right. This has been Jack Mate's Happy Half Hour. I've been here with Robbie Knox. Tune in next week, next Friday, when we'll be speaking about USA. In the meantime, as we said, Robbie would have been and gone to USA, but we're pre-recording them, so you won't hear any of them stories. See you next week. Cheers, Robbie. Bye. Jack Mate's Happy Half Hour. This was a Stakhanov production.